Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki Rousseau, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to the robotics community in Australia. Uh, today it is episode 138, and it's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Yotam Rosenbaum. Yotam is a venture partner at 77 Partners and a partner at the US-based Access Fund. Yotam, welcome and thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Nikki. Great to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so my background is a bit different. I was born and raised in Israel. And after I finished my military service, I got a, a scholarship to go study music at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. So I moved to the U.S. back in year 2000 and studied uh, at Berkeley. I majored in composition. And after I graduated, I moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career as a musician. And uh, for about five years, I wrote uh, and produced music for TV and film and a few bands uh, uh, and uh, released a few albums. And through that experience, I learned firsthand how uh, challenging it is to market music effectively as an independent band or a record label. And one day in 2008, my bandmate and I uh, came up with the idea with the, the idea of turning online radio into a marketing platform that will allow bands and record labels to bid for airtime and monetize the audience. So think Google AdWords, but for music and there are no ads, the ad is, is the song. So we came up with the idea and we got very excited about it, but uh, I had no intention whatsoever to, to do anything with it. I was just a musician. The problem was that the more we talked about it, uh, we, we kept on getting positive validation from, from, you know, from bands and record labels and also some business people who told us, hey, it's a smart idea. You should do something about it. Finally, two years later, we're like, okay, well, how long are we going to continue to ignore this idea? So we decided to start a company. Uh, which we did, uh, called it Earbits, um, and started building the, the, the company, basically. Got a third co-founder, technical co-founder. And uh, a few months after, we applied for Y Combinator, the, the accelerator in, in the Bay Area, um, and somehow managed to, to get into that program. And um, yeah, from there on, uh, one thing led to another. We raised capital, we built the company, and eventually, five years later, we, we got acquired uh, at that point, I stayed on board for another two years, and uh, in early 2017, I moved here to Australia and um, worked as an EIR, both at QUT and UQ, and also got involved in uh, startup investment and venture capital, both uh, with uh, 77 partners here in Brisbane, as well as with the Access Fund, which is a fund based in the US uh, that I do with my, my US partner. Uh, and we invest in companies that come out of uh, Y Combinator. Uh, that is it in a nutshell. <laughs> a fantastic journey. So you've had a bit of experience yourself starting companies. Um, it doesn't sound as though you needed to raise any money yourself, but obviously um, selling, it's, it's quite a journey. Any lessons learned there? <laughs> well, first of all, we definitely, we had to raise capital. Yeah. Uh, startup and it was 
terribly challenging. Uh, I think it's always difficult to to raise capital as a startup, but as a music startup, it, it was even harder. Uh, a lot a lot of music startups in the early two thousand raised a lot of money, got sued by record by by the record labels, and a lot of, a lot of investors lost a lot of money through that. So it was very difficult to to raise capital. Uh, but uh, lesson learned, I think. Well. Well, many, many lessons learned. I think for me personally, uh, again, like, you know, if you told me back in 2008 how the next, you know, 10 years from 2010 forward would look like, I'd probably think that you're completely nuts. Uh, um, so I, I think the lesson was, well, you know, if you're open to opportunities and you kind of like, you know, grab an opportunity and go with it, a lot of very interesting things can happen. Yeah, yeah, you have to... But you also have to be in the right place at the right time. There is something Absolutely. to be said for that. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. And, and that was part of the reason for, for example, moving to Los Angeles. I wanted to write music for, for TV and film. And I knew that, you know, the place to do that will be Los Angeles. And indeed, yeah. that's exactly what happened. And I think the same with, yeah, with if, if you're interested in, in tech opportunities, yeah, you're probably better off being in a, in a hub that, that, you know, you're more likely to bump into a guy who will tell you about his or her uh, new startup. Um, yeah. That's how things happen. Tell us who is 77 Partners. Yeah, sure. So 77 Partners, we are a small BC firm here in Brisbane. Uh, we started in 2020 and uh, we invest in very early stage startups. Uh, we currently have six uh, portfolio companies. We, um, you know, a lot of investors uh, will tell founders that that they'll give them more than just cash and support and whatnot. We actually do that. We go <laughs> the extra mile to work with our founders, particularly in the in the first year since investment, to give them as much support as possible. And that is part of the, re the reason why we have uh, a small portfolio, because we do want to make sure that we have capacity to to support them as much as possible. So for our audience, obviously, this is a financial uh, podcast today. And we're talking about uh, venture capital. We're going to talk about startups, people that bootstrap themselves. Mm -hmm. um, my company, um, Exaptic, that I mentioned to you just before we kicked off talking, uh, I actually bootstrapped myself. And then many years down the line, I, I had a guy that was interested in um, coming to take about 30% of the company. But at that point in time, I thought, oh, you know, why would I give up 30% of my company for this this amount of money that I, I couldn't really see was going to make a major difference to me in any, um, in you know, going forward with the company. So I imagine that for a lot of people out there and um, starting companies and, and getting funding, do you advise people of the type of funding that they have to get or um, how do you go about this? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, raising capital is not for is not the right thing for for every founder or every startup. It really depends on the circumstances. And actually, we we run a program specifically uh, to help founders who are interested in raising capital. And it's called the Seventy Seven Venture Challenge. Actually, applications for the for the program uh, are open at the moment and will close uh, February twelfth. And the purpose of the program is to what we've noticed uh, through, you know, working with a lot of startups and uh, over the years in, in our accelerators and so forth, uh, is that uh, they get to the end of a, an accelerator program and realize that, okay, well, they, they, they have a great pitch, a great story, uh, but then they realize that they, that they want to raise capital and they have very little 
information or tools on how to go about how, how to do that effectively uh so that's what we do but going back to 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 the question um it's not it's not a fit for every founder taking capital you know comes with strings attached usually uh you know if you're trying to build a, a small you know lifestyle business uh that you can bootstrap and then just generate cash you're probably better off just boots like not taking capital uh, but if you're trying to build a high growth venture, you know, you're trying to build the next billion dollar company, it's going to be terribly difficult to do it uh, without external capital. The Usually, you know, startups, they raise capital to be able to, to move faster, to grow faster, uh, which for some founders, that is very appealing. And for others, it's it's exactly the opposite of what they are trying to do so that is part of the things that we actually talk about uh, during the program and, and we try to better understand what are your objectives um, do you actually need to raise capital how much capital do you need to raise when what would be the cost of that and very often we see founders who start the program you know co coming into the program believing that oh i just need to raise you know one round of capital and that's it i'll be profitable and and that's it and Maybe, but the reality is that actually, if you'll be profitable within one round and, and you're being so successful, you probably want to raise even more capital to, yeah. <laughs> to grow even faster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, listen, it, it's touching on all sorts of things. I'm, I'm yeah. sitting here thinking, I did a, um, I was part of uh, QUT's Collider program in 2018. I was fortunate enough to get in and I was the oldest participant and I had a, Scott was the youngest and he, he's still very active and he's, he's flying and he's doing exceptionally well. And, and we actually bonded quite well as the, he's the youngest guy and I'm the oldest woman. But, you know, we did touch on this and I, you know, I suppose for every company, you need your one minute pitch to say what your company can do. You need a three minute pitch, you need a five minute pitch. And we went through all of those things, um, social media, basically how to run a company, you know, and I think the average age for people starting companies in Australia, um, entrepreneurs is some somewhere in the 40s, which is, it's actually quite old if you think about it. But I think it's quite good because you're hoping that you've learned some lessons along the way, not necessarily because, you know, I've also been in, in a startup environment where people have come in and at a point you go, listen, you need to don't put your house on the line. Like that's not a good thing. You know, like where do you draw the line for people to say, don't do it? Yeah. So I, I two important points, I think the first one about the age. Yeah. There's, I think, misconception that startup founders should be in their, you know, dropped out of, uh, of uni and in their early twenties. Yeah. Some of them are, but not that doesn't, we see a lot of excellent founders, you know, in thirties, forties, fifties. And as you said, there's a lot of value in actually, you know, when, when you're a later stage or later, later age, uh, you've learned some some lessons that someone who in their 20s have not yet. Uh, in terms of, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a fine line between uh, being a visionary and being delusion <laughs> delusionary. <laughs> I don't know if it's more than not, but uh, uh, I, I think that's part of the journey. It's to to go out to the real world and try to validate whether or not it's a real, you know, your, your idea is actually good or not. I think the it's important to break away from the 
eco chamber that one can build around themselves with their mom and their friends telling them, oh yeah, it's such a great idea. Go out, talk to potential customers, see what they say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are willing to to pay you for for the service that you're building for the product. Uh, and if not, then then there's something is wrong with the business because eventually it's not going to be your mom who who pays for it. <laughs> it's going to be the yeah. customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the, that critical, um, you know, and in the case of robotics, which we specialize in is, you know, what problem are you trying to fix? Or is this just some intellectual thing that you, you're ticking your box because you think, you know, <laughs> I remember when I started with Exaptic uh, and I, I specialized in telepresence. I didn't build them, I imported them. And to get my message across to people, you know, what is the possibility of um, this is, I call it assistive technology, you know, like it's it's robotics, but how it can enable to change your life, augment your life and the things that you could do with it. And I came from a basically no technical background and had to step into this. And it was a real challenge for me to do this. And I remember um, Alan Jones, and it's the nice one in, in brackets, um, was one of my my mentors there and he, he equated me to this little sweet little granny which of course I'm not <laughs> I don't know where he got this picture of me as a sweet little granny because that didn't cut it anyway and he, he took me through some quite some iterations to get me where I was you know about how to talk about the company um, getting e-commerce platforms so I think these programs have real value which leads me to the question what is the format of your program and how much time is required from participants? Sure, yeah. So the again, the 77 Venture Challenge, it's not an accelerator. Uh, it's really a program designed for, for founders who are probably already have a product in the market or at least getting some early traction, likely already went through some type of an accelerator. So it's, it, it's still early stage, but it's not super, super early stage. And it's a 12-week program. We define it as super light touch, but, but high impact. Uh, in terms of like contact hour, it's about two hours uh, per week. Um, we meet every Tuesday morning online. It's, it's all de delivered online. And what we do is we alternate. Uh, one week, we do a cohort session where we, the, together, the, the entire cohort, we discuss certain topics, everything related to fundraising. And the other week, we bring in guest speakers, um, and we bring in super high-profile guest speakers. So in the past, we had YC partners, we had founders of, of, of unicorn companies from the U.S. Ma many of their guests are, are from the U.S. And then in between each, we, we work one-on-one -on -one with each venture. They get time with us, with the, with the partners uh, every week where we dive into, you know, areas that they need the most work on. So it's very, it's very bespoke. At the beginning of the program, we ask each venture to fill up kind of like a, we ask them a lot of questions. <laughs> okay. An application and, form type of thing. Well, no, yeah. The application form is actually very, very simple and shouldn't take yeah. more than an hour. But yeah. once you get accepted, uh, we call it the 77 Venture Challenge Investment Assessment Readiness. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a, okay. it's a little uh, bit more robust. <laughs> in, in simple terms, it's the kind of questions that you'd be asked, that you're very likely to be asked when you meet an investor. Okay. Um, and that is the purpose of the program is for us to, we are we act as an investors, and in fact, we end up investing in at least one of the companies out of the out of the oh. cohort. But our purpose is to we kind of like try to understand as much as possible about each venture, 
by you know digging into all these uh, areas and asking all these questions. But the difference is that through the program, we also reflect back to the founders. Here is what I'm hearing. Here's, here is what I'm seeing. Here are some gaps. Here is something. What you just said would be like a, a red flag for many investors. And I think that is is the the most valuable thing about the program because when you go out as a founder to raise capital you you know you you get into a meeting and you think that you had a good great meeting and you leave and and then you know the following day you get a, an email sorry it's pass blah 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 something polite and that's it and like well yeah. scratching your head trying to understand well, what, like, what, why, what? <laughs> what yeah, what went wrong? <laughs> and very often, honestly, like, you know, investors would just be polite. They won't tell you, oh, actually, you know, it, it was this issue or that issue. Or, or very often they themselves wouldn't really know to articulate all the small things that together ended up, you know, uh, making them decide that they to pass and not not something for them. So that that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to help the founders identify all the things that they can that they need to improve and fix before they go and start uh, talking to other uh, investors. Okay, so is this the first time you're running the challenge? No, no. So we've been running it for four years now. Uh, so the next cohort will be our fifth cohort. Okay means we've we we already have 40 companies who went through the program a uh, vast majority of them ended up raising capital afterwards okay. a few of them actually got accepted into y combinator after doing our program uh and four of them uh, were funded by us as as i mentioned we were committed to to investing in at least one of the each batch congratulations and typically how many people do you get that apply and um, what's the process? Do they actually have to pay a fee to be involved or um, take us through that? Yeah, so we get anywhere between 50 to 100 applications usually. Um, and absolutely not. Uh, the program is completely free. Uh, they don't have to pay for it. They also don't have to give equity to participate in the program. It's it's a hundred percent free. Frankly, great value for founders. I, I was just thinking, how on earth do you manage to do this completely free? So to everyone in Australia, perk your ears, and if you haven't applied, do so immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're lucky to to have gotten uh, support from both federal and state government uh -huh. uh, to run the program. And frankly, this program is for for us as a as a VC firm, it's just a great way to to discover great companies. Uh, you know, with our job is to is to is to go out and and try to find early stage ventures that would be a, a great investment. We get the luxury of working with them closely for three months, and throughout that program, decide okay, which one of of these ten or even more we want to place a bet. And you're based in Brisbane, but obviously because it's an online um, program, it could be from anywhere in Australia. Typically, right. where have you got your most applications from in the past? I think we, do, you know, I think because of the nature of the, the fact that we are here in Brisbane, we do get a lot of, and, and I guess our network is stronger in Queensland. We get a lot of uh, Queensland-based startups. However, yeah. we've done, I mean, we, we by now we have uh, uh, ventures from all over Australia. Um, in fact, in yeah, the in the last cohort, uh, Telematica, the 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 venture that uh, was the top ranked one and got the investment, uh, they're based in Sydney. Um, yeah, all over all over Australia. Okay, and the application process, Yotan, is they um, are you quite uh, strict with people getting through on the program, or is it basically anyone that applies is going to get in? 
no, it, it's <laughs> 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 <Here is> competition. <laughs> Uh, just so that the people know the landscape <laughs> no it's quite competitive um yeah. yeah for sure and there's certain requirements also in in terms of you know the stage of the venture uh the focus the technology uh and the industry um so yeah not not everyone who puts in an application unfortunately would be able to go through the program okay. but as i mentioned earlier um applying for the program is really straightforward yeah. and I th I think there's value not just with this program but with pretty much any any program there's a lot of value in actually going through the process of applying for a program because very often it, it forces you to answer questions about, about your your venture that maybe otherwise you you in your head you know you take it for granted that you know and, and understand but once you actually have to explain it um it becomes a good exercise of, of like actually, you know, articulating things that are very important to be able to. Yeah, I agree with you there. Typically, though, I would say raising money in Australia is really tough. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? You, you said raising capital is yeah. tough? Yeah. I could not agree more. I mean, it, <laughs> it's not just in Australia. Uh, it's it, raising capital also in, in the valleys is difficult. But yeah. in the valley, the, 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 there's more capital available but there's also a lot more competition yeah. uh, and here in Australia I think well first of all I think it's a lot better today than what it was you know 10 years ago there, there are a lot of options a lot more programs a lot like there's a lot more support uh, but yeah there's no denying that raising capital is difficult and that is exactly why we run this program yeah. in an effort to make it slightly easier or at least you know, a bit more effective because I think part of the problem, why the challenge of why it's so difficult is because people approach raising capital with just not enough knowledge and understanding. Oh. Like this is not just like, okay, well, I'm going to email five people and one of them will say yes. And I'll have a, you know, a check of a million dollars in, in, in my pocket. It just doesn't work. It's really, it is a process and it's a, it's a process that needs, needs to be defined for each venture. So, you know, what may work for you will not work for someone yeah. else. Um, and on top of that, it, you know, it's eventually, you know, raising capital is, is like sell, you're selling a piece of your company for, you know, for, for the capital. So it's in, in a way, uh, similar to, to, to a sales process. And you just, you're going to hear a lot more no's than yes, but, but very often you only need a couple of yeses to be successful. So how many companies typically do you allow in, in every um, program? In, in each cohort, we take 10, 10, 10. Okay. Oh, that's okay. So the competition is out there, people. Any tips for them when they apply? Give us some, give us yeah. some standard things that you'll be looking for. Sure. Again, it's quite straightforward. However, I'm sometimes amazed that that people would not follow the straightforward uh, uh, thinking. Uh, I think when you apply for this program or any program out there, you really have to look at your application from the perspective of someone who know, who does not know your venture or what you're doing. Like, don't assume that who is whoever is reading the application understands about you know you know, deep, deep technical in, in robotics or whatever it is that you're doing, uh, it needs to be straightforward. It needs to be simple to understand, which is the same. The same goes for when you meet an investor. It doesn't matter that they, you know, have been in the industry for many years. Like you still need to be able to explain what it is that you do, which is, in my opinion, the most important question in any application. 
explain that in a way that anyone can understand seriously like it needs to be simple no jargon no like buzzwords yeah. uh what are you doing what is it like say explain it in a way that i'll be like oh okay i understand yeah that's a and b i'm curious to hear more yeah <laughs> and and the and the second thing is i think don't feel obligated to like you're not writing a novel you're just giving the headlines and yeah that's fine like let's get into the details later but right now for the application let's just hit the you know the most important things don't feel obligated to tell me the whole history of what you've built so far and all the features and all the like <laughs> too much information at that point right yeah. like yeah. start at the top here's what we do here are the most impressive things uh that, that we've accomplished so i i think to summarize uh after you finish writing your application, give it to someone who who doesn't know your business and see if they're able to understand what it is that, that you're saying. And if not, then there's a problem in, with application. I think that that's actually really good advice. And tell me, you, you're talking about people, you know, I often, um, I've spoken to people and they, you know, they're trying to raise money and I think they get in the way of raising the money themselves, if you know what I mean. Um I think in general, we don't do that all the time. On all the- <laughs> it's you. Your company is fine, but it's you. <laughs> I think, again, raising capital is can be really challenging. And, and, and it part of the reason is because it's you're not actually building a company like you're not building your product. You're not talking to your customers. You're it's a huge distraction actually from, from all those things that, that may appear that are more important. But the reality is that if you need capital in order to, to build a product and in order to build a company, then it means that, okay, well, you have to sacrifice a few weeks or a few months to, to dive deep into it and, and do it, uh, properly and yeah if you just kind of like half commit yourself to to raising capital um you you're decreasing your your odds by a lot because already like it, it is a challenging task you kind of have to be committed to it yeah, <laughs> unless it you, i mean it, again it depends you, maybe you have you know a few wealthy friends who are happy to write you a check and and that's simple but it's yeah. not the case so the challenge is once a year is that right so actually this year we're running it uh, twice so okay. will be uh, the cohort that starts application for this one closes mid-February and the cohort okay. will start uh, mid-March. And the second cohort will be six months later, whatever. Whenever that is. Okay. All right. And um, any closing thoughts or tips that you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, in regard to? Well, this and, and you know, I, I come back to, you know, it's tough raising money in Australia. Like, I, you know, we think a million dollars, oh, we got a million dollars. When America, a million dollars, they don't even blink at it. Just the, the, the scale here, the difference is it's a continuing challenge for us. And I, I don't know when the landscape will change for companies here in terms of that. Yeah, sure. It is different, but I don't think, again, you know, there's a lot more competition in the US. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a different market. It's a different dynamics. I don't think one should sit here and feel sorry for themselves that, oh, well, it's too difficult to raise capital here. And yeah. it's imp- that's not the case. Uh, we've, you know, I've, I've seen many, many founders and startups raise capital here in Australia yeah. uh, and, and go on to build very successful businesses. Uh, it's a matter of determination. If you know, if if you're committed to 
to to doing it and you feel that this is the right thing for your business, uh, there's a ton of support for that. There are investors here, there are VCs, there are angels, there are other programs uh, that can support with. Also, in a, like I can tell you from experience because I've lived for a long time in the US, the level of government support here and, and other types of, you know, funding opportunities that very often come without having to give equity that is a lot more generous here than than in the united states there are many many programs that uh, are quite remarkable and and we, we see a lot of founders taking great benefit of that yeah so i again i think it's just a matter of uh, determination uh first of all for founders they need to figure out whether or not uh capital like raising capital is the right thing for for their business if it is, then it's. I, I think it's really good to get as much support as possible to actually, you know, a lot of it. You need a good network to to raise capital. If you don't have the network, well, you have to start building it. But really, like learning, understanding all these things, it helps to learn from people who who have done it before, and not to kind of like reinvent the wheel from, from scratch. Yeah, I agree with you there. And it's it's very, as you mentioned, it's very time consuming. And when you, um, in combination, running a business generally, because that's who's going to be raising the money, is generally the CEO or founder. But they still have to get on with the day-to-day, um, you know, and if they, they are already revenue-based, then making sure that all goes, ticks over nicely. So, listen, this is all in the, in the land of startup. This, this is all the things we enjoy and the challenges we face. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Yotam, as far as you know, how many of these type of programs are running in Australia? There are many different programs. I mean, yeah. it's one slightly different. You know, there are some programs that are targeting uh, female founders. There are programs uh, for, for you know, much earlier stage ventures. Um, but there are, yeah, there's a, a good amount of programs. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah, that's a nice, healthy ecosystem and a bit of a competition in it. Um, yeah. just, just in closing, you, you know, you've mentioned some of these um, founders out there. Do you do any mentoring yourself besides the program that you're doing? If if someone's listening to this program and going, oh, I, I could do with an hour of your time, is that something you do? I, I try as much as I can. It's yeah. challenging. Yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty active on LinkedIn uh, where I share as much as, as I can. And every so I've, I've, I've done a couple of times in the past where I uh, randomly just offer uh, office hours to yeah. kind of first, first come, first serve. Yeah, and, very generous. <laughs> again, as much as I can, I, you know, I can't just uh, open my calendar because otherwise it will be jammed with, with that. But yeah, uh, I always encourage people to reach out. And even if I can't give someone an hour of, of my time on a call, I will always respond and try to do my best to respond with, you know, if they have particular questions or anything like that, I'll do it. Yotam, thank you so much. I'm going to put the links uh, in the show notes for people. We'll put it on LinkedIn as well when this goes live on Wednesday for everyone that they can click on it there. Thanks very much for your time. I'll be really interested to see how your cohort goes and uh, maybe get you on in another couple of months and you can share some success stories with us. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thank you very much. Oh, it's a great pleasure. And to our audience out there, um, if you're not connected with your time on LinkedIn, uh, reach out, connect with him. Thanks for your time. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you find it insightful if you're thinking of uh, raising some capital. And I look forward to your company again next week. Mm-hmm.